0: The Ask a CEO Show is brought to you by Lorraine Gregory Communications, an award-winning agency telling personal and brand stories for more than 30 years. From strategy to production and execution, they are a true full-service agency. Check them out today at LorraineGregory.com. Welcome, everyone, to the Ask a CEO Show. Ask a CEO interviews bring us inside the corner office and C-suite for discussions with top executives about their journey to leadership and the reality of running their companies today. Our host, Greg DiMetrio, is the CEO of Lorraine Gregory Communications, an award-winning integrated marketing company. He is also the founder of GregsCornerOffice.com, the home of the Ask a CEO interviews.
1: Welcome, everybody, to Ask a CEO Interview Series. I'm Greg Demetrio, the Chairman and CEO of Lorraine Gregory Communications. The Ask a CEO Interview Series highlights CEOs leading important companies and what goes on in the C-suite as they run those companies. Today, my guest is Tom Abate. He's the CEO and Executive Director of the Society of St. Vincent de Paul, Long Island. So after 25 years in the retail industry, Tom joined the society as the uh, director of store operations before he became the CEO in 2010. Welcome, Tom. Thank you very much for sitting down with us. No problem. It's always great to speak with you. So the Society of St. Vincent de Paul has been helping the poor for over 75 years on Long Island. Can you tell us who you serve and what services you provide for them?
2: We help anybody that reaches out to us in need, uh, race, creed, it, it doesn't matter who you are. If you reach out to us, we will come and visit you in your home. Uh, one of the, the key factor uh, I want to bring up first is uh, that society doesn't work without our over 1,200 Vincentian volunteers. These people in the, in the old normal uh, want to visit people in their houses two at a time. And that gave us the ability to see what the true need was. They might have been looking strictly for um, a utility bill or a rent payment. But when we're there, people notice there's no food in the refrigerator. We can get them food. Uh, They're eating dinner off a box. We'll get them a kitchen table so they can share a family meal together. We'll notice the kids might be outside in the window with no coats. We'll get them clothes. We try to solve Around depiction, just the immediate one-time ask, and we try to get them back on a path to self-reliance.
1: Really important stuff because there's so many different needs. So yes, under the under the pandemic situation, the coronavirus. Have you seen an increase in the need?
2: A tremendous increase. We've been uh, trying to monitor as best we can. Um, right now, you've seen a huge increase in requests for rent and mortgages. Um, so. We're, we're trying to get a handle on that. Uh, people are just not able to pay their rents, as everybody knows. It's talked about every day, uh, Governor Cuomo and all of that. But uh, we're trying to see what immediate needs they have. As we know, there's a moratorium on evictions. So what do they need today? And we'll try to have a long-term plan for them as best we can.
1: you get involved with, with getting them food? Because you see so many of these uh, pop-up, Food distribution lines, and they seem to be miles long. Are you guys involved with that as well, getting food to people?
2: Yes, we have uh, donors that donate food cards to us. You know, the, the cards that we give out to different uh, supermarkets. We have pantries, in many of our uh, conferences of uh, volunteer groups have uh, pantries. And I, I found that the, you know the major food distributors in the nonprofit world of Long Island have been very very well equipped to handle us. They're doing a great job and they help us to get food from them directly ourselves.
1: All right. So you work hand in hand with them. Yes.
2: One great thing about Long Island is so many nonprofits here and everybody, it's really a great community. Nobody's duplicating services and we work with each other.
1: So on a day-to-day basis, how is your operation different than usual?
2: Well, as I I said, the the main, uh, Part of our mission was two concentives going to a house. That's not happening. So we're doing as best we can over the phone referrals. Oh. And we're trying to help them that way. And we don't know when we're going to get back to the homes. So people, we're reluctant to have people come to their homes and the volunteers may
1: be reluctant to go into a home. And that's understandable. So does that limit uh, so your ability to serve those people? Or are you still able to keep up? Yeah, we're, we're still keeping up. We, we uh,
2: have calls every week. Uh, talking to our volunteers. and oh. In the diocese, and they're doing a great job of doing it. I mean, we can uh, mail checks to the landlords if we have to. We can get them uh, pay their utilities. We can do all of that remotely. The organization has really done a tremendous job of shifting to a remote operation. Okay.
1: That's wonderful. That's, that's, I think you're in the same boat as most everybody. We're trying to figure this out sure. can, and keep doing what we're supposed to be doing. So now I understand that uh, the society has that has had to cancel some of your major fundraising events. That has to be a tragedy to begin with because that's your lifeline to funds. How do you think you're going to be able to make up that shortfall now? Well, I'll just uh, talk about the, uh,
2: our golf outing for, for a moment. Uh, that was a huge fundraiser for us. And what we've done is we've turned it into an appeal of all of the people that donated to the event, sponsored the event, came to play golf every year with us. And it's been a tremendous response from them. They've all made a commitment to this, keep sending that money in, even though nobody's getting to to play golf. Uh, no, in The reality of it now, nobody's really having a party right now. And they've been great supporters of us. So you know, we're trying to reach out to anybody that was donating to us normally at, at these times. And uh, the response has been excellent so far. That's, that's a good thing.
1: That's, Long Island is like that. They're, they're very generous. Very, very generous people. So I'm glad they're sticking with you. So just like every other business on Long Island, charities are threatened just like my business is threatened. There's going to be a difference. It's going to be different. In your industry, the nonprofit and charities, do you think you're going to see a trend to consolidate resources and services through mergers, especially for the smaller nonprofits? It, it may happen uh, down the road. We've seen
2: it before, many, many years ago. Uh, a lot of nonprofits got together, and emerged, and it's been very successful. Nobody was eaten up; it disappeared, hmm. they emerged, and it came out of it as a, a united organization. It, it may happen in uh, some of the smaller groups, and sometimes it's it's for the better, you know, for both for both uh, groups who have emerged.
1: Yeah, I've witnessed several over the years, and they do come out stronger. My biggest concern is that the smaller grassroots. People who do a wonderful job are not going to be able to survive, and I, I would hope that they reach to reach out to their big, bigger brothers and sisters in, in the same mission and, and consolidate their services and resources because I think that's be the future for a lot of them. Uh, so let's let's see what happens. So now St. Vincent de Paul the Society, of St. Vincent de Paul, well, you've been around for seventy five years, so I don't think you're going anywhere, but. No. What is it, how different is it going to be going forward, do you think?
2: Well, you know, since this outbreak started, you know, a lot of the first reactions were easy. You know, you had no choice. We had to close up first stores, and shut down all phone, the donation bins, and that's almost the easy part of it. And we are in constant communication with uh, meetings and committees every week, trying to gear up for coming back out of this. Uh, a lot of it is, unfortunately, financial discussions, how much money do we have to give back out there. Uh, like everybody else, incomes have uh, been slashed. But we've got a pretty good plan in place to keep funding our, our, our volunteers out there. Uh, and it's just, it's a lot more on them asking a lot more questions about what the need is. Right. You know, landlo- uh, people with rent, are the landlords willing to work with them? Are they going to give them a break on the rent? To- it's a lot of we have to change the questions we used to ask. It used to be pretty simple, everybody was uh, cut dry. It, the, 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 the demographics of what's going on out there are much different than they were before this pandemic.
1: So what would you what would your advice be to other charities and nonprofits in, in the in the current situation and probably going forward just a little bit, what would you advise them to do to to pay real strict attention to? Or, or just to, to make changes in their normal business plan?
2: Well, I, I think the heart of what we keep saying to ourselves is stay true to the mission. Don't try to be more than you are or you are now. Go back to the basics and stick to what you do and do it as best you can. And hopefully this will be a short-term uh, mm-hmm. downside. And uh, like we were alluding to earlier, Long Islanders are very generous people. Mm-hmm. And I think that we will be supported by our communities. And in a short time, I hope that we will get back to the new
1: normal, as they say now, and we'll be back out there. We will survive this. That's very good advice and to stick to basics. I mean, I know I've been advising my commercial customers exactly that. Now is not the time to change your message. Now is the time to reinforce your message. And to be ready when we open up again, so people don't forget who you are, don't forget what you do, don't forget the important things that the society does. You have to keep in front, you have to keep top of mind. So the 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 advice that says stick to your guns, keep going, is great, great, great advice, and it's basically the same on the nonprofit side and the business side. So I appreciate you being here with me today, but I, I would like to ask you how can people Support
2: the Society of Saint Vincent de Paul. Uh, if anybody can, if you have the ability to do it, please. You can visit us at our website uh, svdply uh, We're taking donations on there, like so many other nonprofits at this time. Mm. And uh, or if you uh, want to reach out with some kind of, uh, if you have a grant in mind or an endowment of some sort, please call us. Uh, in Numbers five one six eight two two three one three two. Terrific. Seeing a big increase in, in that piece of the uh, demographic, also.
1: Well, I wish you all the best. I wish the Society of Saint Vincent de Paul all all the best, and I hope that we, as a region, as a as a country, as a state, come out of this stronger than we were before, and and steeled for a really big fight because I think that's what's going to be needed. I think we're all going to need to come together and fight this thing and get back to the America that we know.
0: That's a wrap on another Ask a CEO interview. We hope you enjoyed the talk. We'd love to hear from you. Visit gregscorneroffice.com, click the Ask a CEO tab, search your favorite listening app or view on YouTube. Click the subscribe button and don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook. Until next time, goodbye from Ask a CEO.